Hello, my name is Rob Darricott. I'm the editor of P3 Pharmacy Magazine. Welcome to a special edition of the Pharmacy Magazine podcast. In September 2019, at the National Conference of LPCs in England, Pharmaceutical Services Negotiating Committee Chief Executive Simon Dukes announced a review of PSNC and Local Pharmaceutical Committee support for contractors. He just signed the historic five-year contractual framework deal, of course, but the review was more rooted in changes within the NHS. The NHS long-term plan was promising considerable investment in primary care, with an integration agenda that was clearly more locally based. New primary care networks covering populations of 30 to 50,000 people were going to be the vehicle for much of that change. Health Minister Steve Brine, remember him, was expecting community pharmacy to be very much part of those networks. He told the Sigma conference that February, it's important community pharmacy grasp the opportunities afforded by new GP network contracts. And that was a view echoed by Mr Dukes, who described the flow of money into primary care networks as, quotes, an opportunity for us as community pharmacy. As I wrote at the time, community pharmacy is a part of primary care and it cannot afford to be left behind as these new primary care networks begin to tackle the major challenge that is health and social care integration. Local representation across England needed to professionalise and fast. LPCs faced a considerable task in engaging with the new local organisations, just at the time when contractors might be looking locally for support with new national contract services some of which had the potential to be real game changers. So that was the backdrop for the review. And now, more than two and a half years later, contractors have been asked to vote on proposals to transform community pharmacy representation in England. The recommendations in the original review, which was conducted by Professor David Wright and his team, have been considered by a review steering group and turned into proposals for change. In this special, We are first going to hear about those proposals, which aim to deliver improved governance across the system and boost resources for PSNC, both to strengthen negotiations and provide better support to contractors and LPCs. Then, given the challenges LPCs are currently facing, which will increase as integrated care systems get up and running in July, they are to be given flexibility to create stronger bodies to represent pharmacy locally, to develop and influence local relationships and to negotiate local contracts. After we've heard from the review steering group, we're going to check in with NPA Chief Executive Mark Lionette and why the association is urging its members to vote yes to the package of proposals, albeit with, quotes, a degree of reluctance. The NPA is happy with proposals which will maintain the delicate balance in the structures of independent and multiple representation, even if it thinks the reform proposals leave more work to be done in the future. So let's hear first then from the review steering group on what it is proposing and what you've been asked to vote on. Here's Anit Kapoor, a contractor and the former chair of Greater Manchester LPC, who sat on the review steering group as an independent representative, and James Wood, the PSNC's director of contractor and LPC support. When I spoke to Anit and James last week, I asked them to give us an overview of the proposals the changes anticipated for PSNC and how they will help LPCs engage in the brave new world, soon to be more complicated by integrated care systems. Hi, Robert. I think we can break the um, the proposals down actually into into six main areas. Um, 
And I think that's what we've tried to do to make it make it nice and easy um, for contractors to understand where we are um, and where we've come from um, and, and, and what we're putting forward. So, you know, key areas, one of them being the, the governance. And I think that's probably the, the most significant area from my own perspective. Um, and I think quite a few of the RSG members will probably agree with me uh, where a lot of the work uh, went in um, front up to to ensure that we we did introduce this independent governance uh, across PSNC and, and LPCs. Um, obviously, resources is um, has, has been a hot topic uh, throughout the, the right review and into, and into the, uh, the the RSG, um, but and, and how we appropriately actually resource our our national negotiator uh, to to improve the outcomes that we're looking for uh, as as contractors. Um, and I suppose both of these um, need to be underpinned by a vision and strategy. We can't have independent governance in place for, for PSNC and LPCs um, and have KPIs in place for them if we haven't um, identified a, a national vision and strategy for community pharmacy. Uh, and, you know, and the same again, you know, we can't hold anybody to account on negotiation outcomes if, if we're not actually negotiating towards um, that, that vision or strategy. So I think they're probably the, the three main ones um, from my perspective that we'd, you know, I'd like to bring a uh, contractor's attention to as, as the as the most uh, significant um, and I think there's obviously the the bits around listening as well that that's been the, the one of the things that was that was called out let's say to ensure that contractors had that voice um, which we which is included in there through the contractor forum and also that kind of independent um, that it audit um, also, the variation of LPCs across the country. Um, we've, you know, we've we've seen that. We've, there's a, a lot of variation around uh, a number of factors, but the main thing being around uh, the offer to to contractors who pay the levy, uh, and trying our utmost to put proposals together that. Um, that provide a, a consistent offer to contractors, whether they, you know, whether it's in Dorset or Durham, um, and they're getting that same consistent offer from their representative structures that they're paying for, um, and and that has been uh, paramount to us to ensure that's in place. And and then obviously there are proposals around around size and 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 shape of, of the network, and and I think the the big thing there has been to identify the most um, common factor. Um, and and working with a few other coefficients as well. So we have obviously come up with the 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 new NHS landscape of the ICSs and and looking at at that. But that's not the only factor. Um, there's other bits around contractor numbers, which was a consideration. Um, was not the what we what we placed everything around. There's obviously contractor population, the population themselves, and, and the demographic. Um, but also very importantly is the geographical size of, of that ICS network and what's actually going to be manageable. Um, um, and I suppose they're the, 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 the main bits that we would like to draw the contractors' uh, attention to. I need to come at that from a slightly different angle. You know, the, the, the proposals on the table here for contractors to decide upon bring together the key points of consensus across the sector at this particular time and, you know, would set a path for change which would be evaluated and could be further refined in future. A key theme in the proposals is to appropriately resource um, PSNT or Community Pharmacy England, as it will be known in future, to improve um, negotiating outcomes and carry out a range of functions to contractors and LPCs. And I think that was it's important that you know your listeners realise that was one of the highest priorities identified in the independent review, recognising that the national negotiator as resourced skill today was not sufficient for to protect the value of the uh, the current funding and grow additional funding for contractors. 
the RSG proposal set out two main areas where additional funding would be used at PSNC, and they are first one uh, activities that would enable improved negotiating capacity and capability, and two uh, a key uh, investment around further centralised LPC and contractor support. So, whilst the I think it's fair to say the RSG recognise that you know PS employs a, a a small and highly skilled uh, expert team, however. You know, due to constrained funding and uh, no budgetary provision at PSNC to fill some key capacity and skill gaps, key areas such as sort of negotiating strategy, data insights, market data, influencing engagement, better LPC and contractor relationship and support uh, are areas that could could really be uh, grown for the benefit of all contractors. And I think that's where the RSG was recognising that further investment in those areas will uh, give the sector the best possible chance uh, for success in the future. Some of that criticism uh, that has existed um, out there in the contractor base and the, the sort of issues that came up in the right review, you know, the solutions here to start to deal with some of that criticism, to start to, you know, improve transparency and improve the thread of governance, improve information, involve others, all those sort of things, um, I think that's very hard sometimes then to translate that through into uh, hard and, and, and fast guarantees. But I think what this is about is there's an opportunity here for the sector to reflect on these proposals and think about how it organises itself uh, locally and nationally in terms of NHS representation and support and, and give you know the sector itself a fighting chance to uh, get better outcomes in future. I think, you know, at local level... As you say, introduction of integrated care systems will mean simplification of commissioning organisations from today. And uh, I think the RSG was very clear when it spent a lot of time looking at this, uh, that uh, pharmacies' local representation of support structures, the LPCs, uh, need to evolve alongside that to be best equipped to play their part in ICS work uh, on behalf of contractors. So um, the the uh, RSG put forward proposals on that, um, and clearly it's for, for LPCs and contractors to come together at local level to determine uh, how that might, they might be best structured. But LPCs will be supported to become, uh, to, to think about their boundaries in line with um, NHS ICSs, to think about some of uh, the efficiencies that, that may be gained by uh, working uh, across different uh, boundaries than they do today, perhaps for some. And those will all be subject to the views of local contractors and NHS England. Um, but of course, the timing of this presents a, a unique and arguably, I think, once in a professional generation opportunity to align representative structures with the NHS and uh, be more agile um, in future. So part of the uh, additional funds at, at, at PSNC, CPE in future, will be used to support uh, LPCs um in in a in a, a, a better way uh and more consistent way than 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 happens today for example increasing central service development capacity advice and information sharing uh standardizing some practices across lpcs uh in, in encouraging the sort of greater networking between lpcs and um developing a, a, a strengthened lpc chief officer network as well as uh, the national forum of uh, LPC representatives. Um, 
you know, and, and being frank with the sector, this is just one of the sort of, you know, my role at, at, at PSNT, there's me and half a person to support 68 LPCs um, at, at the moment. And clearly we'd like to, to do more to support uh, the very important role that LPCs do at local level. The LPCs are absolutely critical to, to the success of, of, of any um, work that we do, uh, both, and that's as pharmacy, that's not as an RSG. Um, you know, we, we, all, we, all, we see the, the value of LPCs every day uh, as a contractor where, you know, engagement and implementation, especially of, uh, of, the, of services, and we're, we're embarking on a, a number of developments within the, uh, the five-year contract within the next uh, 12 to 24 months, and, and the work of the LPCs is going to be absolutely critical to that. I think within the proposals, what we, you know, what we're hoping for um, is that we're able to empower the LPCs to work for, to work to their strengths um, in in that engagement and implementation. While some 24 of the original reviews recommendations have been accepted and are addressed in the RSG's proposals, five were ultimately rejected. These include the Governance Board, which in the original proposal would include non-pharmacy perspectives and the trade associations, and the Council of Local Representative Chairs. Since I had considered these to be among the most imaginative and engaging of David Wright's original recommendations, I asked James and Anit why the RSG had felt unable to come to a conclusion on them. And then at the end of this clip, you'll hear Anit and James talk about what will happen next in the event of a yes vote in terms of the implementation and what would happen if contractors reject the proposals. Looking at it, you know, if we if we map the the right uh, review proposals against the 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 recommendations that we put um, into the RSG proposal, you know, twenty eight of them have been um, have been covered, um, you know, and, and twenty four, um, sorry, and, and four of them are not being taken forward because we've you know we've agreed that uh, they shouldn't be. Um, the five that obviously haven't been included, uh, they are the ones that really that there's still issues. Uh, across a sector that were not able to be um, reconciled. So at this stage, um, they have actually been left out of the proposals. Um, they involve differences of opinion, if we're, if we're, you know, if we're brutally honest, um, and they, you know, they would have to, we'd have to have large scale uh, changes to the central governance structures um, when it came to the board and the council um, and different parts of the community pharmacy sector just had appeal, opposing views on those um, on things like composition and the appointment process and we just couldn't come to a, a point of consensus uh, at this stage um, uh, of, of the work. I say it's not been abandoned because I I don't think that um they they've you know been sent to the gutter to never to be reviewed again. Um, what we have done within the proposals is put together a framework of review. Um, and, and you know we certainly don't want the sector to be in the state that it's in now, where we have not had any kind of review of our of our structure for way before since before I even qualified or even thought about doing pharmacy. So, um. There needs to be a continual a process here, we, and you know we feel that as an RSG we put together a set of proposals that allows uh, the representative stru uh, structures to review their performance uh, or have their performance reviewed, um, and also the continue that review, uh, review process and and use it as a building block. And and you know we may be in a position some point down the line where there are considerations to those other other recommendations that Professor Wright made. And I think just perhaps just to add to that, um, you know. In terms of the re-energising of engagement across the sector and stimulating thinking by opening the sort of policy development process, I think you know these proposals start to move the dial on that. Um, and there's things in there, for example, having a review and updating 
policy and advisory groups at, at PSNC and including the ability to hear from external, you know, non-contractor policy groups, experts, having other working groups when needed that is not there in the system um, at the moment. Uh, so sort of opening that up more, reviewing that. There's then sort of six proposals to help the voice of contractors to be heard better. And, you know, it's a start. And as Anit said, the, there will be uh, an opportunity for the sector to come together uh, and review these proposals in two years' time if contractors vote for them and and look at whether they've been effective. And also, I think, importantly, determine what further appetite there is in the sector to build upon these and for, for further uh, changes. LPs, but as a contractor, uh, looking at the proposals, what it certainly does do is open up a lot more avenues um, for engagement with the representative structures and, and to, you know, to have um, my voice uh, per se heard um, and, and input into it. And I think that's the what we what we need, you know, I said it already, first and foremost is is to have 67% of the contractor base out to, to vote. That's you know, taking charge and taking responsibility as a contractor, but then it doesn't just stop at the vote. It's it's actually then continuing on um, on this journey of, of, of the review and the change um, where we do as contractors, you know, take some charge and responsibility uh, because without that as well, you know, moving forwards, we, we, we're potentially not going to progress at the rate that we want to. Obviously, um, it's not something that um, we'd like him to think about, but, you know, is a, it is a, a, a possibility. I think the first and foremost is to ensure that we get to 67% turnout um, of, of the contractor base uh, and contractors to understand the importance of, of these proposals and this vote and, and what it means. Um, so it's it's that engagement process to, and then, then ensuring that they actually understand the content of the proposals, um, which is why we've obviously, you know, we've put in a, a four-week window prior to, to the vote and then the vote itself is a three-week window. So there's seven weeks for contractors to engage and understand um, these proposals um uh, a vote for no um obviously is is something that you know we have to have uh, up our sleeve and to be honest with you it it takes us back to to square one um i think a lot's changed since the right review um in the in the way that we work um both you know as a pharmacist in a pharmacy as a contractor as an lpc and and how we then also um work with with our national negotiator as well so there there are uh, a lot of positives that have come out of covid in that sense in the way that we work there, there is a bit more uh, collaboration um through, through the system um but for me it's it is around the fact that we we identified you know three years ago um that changes needed to to improve outcomes for contractors and and we're still in that place we you know we still do need to change uh, and we still do, we still do need to think about how we then continually uh, review our our operating structures and, and our our structure in itself uh, as a representative um entity uh, to continue to improve if contractors choose not to support uh, you know the proposals um then I think, you know, being straight with the sector, then they can expect, you know, representative organisations continue to struggle to get better outcomes. Assuming contractors vote in favour for the changes, um, PSNC and LPCs will then be invited to respond to the proposals and implement any changes from July uh, 2022. Uh, clearly, this will set a mandate and a path to change, but some of the changes have to be enacted by PSNC and, and LPCs. And I think the RSG envisages that a programme of change will run through to the end of 2023-24 and changes will be implemented 
in a in a controlled and measured way uh, with the highest impact and most time critical ones that need to be prioritized so you know the sector needs to face into some key dates not least the end of the uh, current five-year contractual framework and the delegation to integrated care systems uh, by the NHS. So uh, those will need to be factored in as David Wright recognised. So there will be the sort of what we can do and should do immediately, what needs doing first of all, and then thinking then rapidly onto the opportunities to do the new things, the sort of visionary things, transformative things to prepare for the world changing around us. The RSG itself worked um you know for 15 months trying to to get consensus across the sector. It was made up obviously of um individuals that re- represented each part of um of our sector and and you know we we all um spent time working you know with our wider network to to try and ensure we understood um what uh what everybody felt and and where what they felt would work um but then we had to come to a table um where we agreed what would work then widely for for, for everybody uh and it you know it wasn't an easy task um and this is this is around ensuring that we had that that consensus across the table to be able to bring the proposals you know to the contractor base as i said earlier the national pharmacy association is recommending yes vote to its members Here's the MPA's chief executive, Mark Lionett, to explain the MPA's position, which suggests there's rather a lot of that unfinished business to fix. It is all too easy to knock the outputs of any group like this when you haven't been involved in the day-to-day of uh, the process. And we've tried to keep talking to the independent reps throughout. Um, We know how hard this process has been for them. The truth is that the sector doesn't have an agreed consensus on what the future looks like. It doesn't have an agreed vision for community pharmacy. Uh, and without this consensus, and with so many different business models at play, getting any kind of agreement is, is going to be hard, if not impossible. Rob, we've, we've recently released our position statement on the review and On balance, we've suggested members might want to vote yes. Uh, It it was a fairly close one thing, as there are good reasons for some good reasons for voting no on this. However, on balance, we think it's probably better to vote yes, however disappointing the, the results of the review are, because to vote no would see even more time spent on this introspection at a time when the world around us is moving at pace and we need to be focused outwards, looking at that, engaging with that, trying to work out the best um, way forward for community pharmacy in England. And of course, if, if we voted no, there's no guarantee that a further review would bring forward better outcomes particularly, of course, if it was the same actors involved. We are pleased that LPCs remain sovereign bodies and that we've not subsumed them into a single national structure. Ironically, um, when you have a divided national structure and the possibility of one side or the other being more dominant and, um, if you like, capturing the national body, 
then having a strong local structure does act as a useful checks and balance, even though, of course, there may be variation and there may well be, and there is in, if, if bound inefficiencies in the way we currently operate there. I, I've heard a lot of disappointment and sometimes anger um, from those uh, pharmacy leaders who have been following this closely. And of course, the vast majority of contractors, independent contractors, are not following this process. Um, they're not necessarily understanding the implications or the impact locally or nationally. They, they simply, as ever, they're just far too busy for this to feature on their radar. And again, that points to the need for there to be a strong body representing independent pharmacies, formally baked into the structure, rather than expecting or relying on thousands of contractors to digest this, to make sense of it, and then to exercise their vote. I, I suspect actually one of the challenges in the coming weeks might be the voting turnout itself. Will it be high enough to give the committee a legitimate mandate to take this forward? It's our view that busy contractors want pharmacy representatives to be fully focused on delivery locally and nationally and not endlessly talking amongst themselves about structure and process. If this process of change can be swiftly completed, then surely we must all turn our full attention to the many challenges facing the sector and, and indeed also working on strengthening the relationships beyond the sector. In summary, we've said the MPA have asked for the following things to happen to make a success of the reforms. We've asked for swift improvements to the governance of PSNC and LPCs, including clear accountability and a much higher degree of transparency. This should include incorporation of PSNC as a limited company, so it's at least held accountable to the tried and trusted mechanisms of company law. We've said there should be a consistency and equity in how the three main trade bodies are engaged in both the local and the national structures. We've said PSNC should publish and allow scrutiny of a full business case for the proposed transfer of 1.5 million from LPCs to PSNC. The additional funding available to PSNC should be directed to the core mission of negotiating an improved contract, national contract. Um, it, and, it, and of course, it's not a given that more contractor money going into the centre will necessarily mean more coming back to contractors through a better contract. The case for that needs to be made. We've said there also needs to be an optimisation of local engagement at the level of ICSs, integrated care systems. And fundamentally, there does need to be a shared vision for the future, which we believe 
should be characterised by integrated clinical services, building on the core medicine supply function, but not defined by that function. That's not quite a ringing endorsement, but these extracts are from a much longer conversation in which Mark was keen to stress just how difficult and complex the issues the review had sought to address are to resolve. So now it's over to you, the contractors. Papers were sent out last week giving details of the online voting portal, which is open until 11.59pm on Friday the 17th of June. To access the portal, contractors should check their emails for a unique voting link and code. The majority of owners should have received this in their pharmacy premises NHS shared mailbox or to a nominated head office contact. Details of what to do if any of these pieces of information is missing can be found on the Review Steering Group's website. That's at www.pharmacy-review.org on the Vote on the Proposals tab. As for what we think of the proposals, that will have to wait for our print editions and maybe even the next regular Talking Pharmacy podcast. Until then, if I can urge you to do anything, it's to take a proper look for yourself and what these proposals will mean for you and your business. And please, vote. Talking Pharmacy will be back next week. In the meantime, do look out for the latest Category Insight podcast, with Monica West and Millie Browning and guests looking at the subject of sun safety. All episodes of the Talking Pharmacy podcast are available on the Pharmacy Magazine website and from all major podcast providers. Until next time, it's goodbye.